When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listening to the Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three relatively grown men binge the iconic HBO series Sex and the City. So dust off those DVDs and grab yourself a white wine or even the Cosmopolitan and settle in. Take it away, boys. Welcome to Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where two guys. Ooh. Watch romantic comedies. That's right. You have, to ta- your, you have to say your name. I'm Kevin. <laughs> My name's John Sieber, and uh, it's a Kevin and John day. It's the Ke- it's the crazy stupid boys. Crazy stupid boys. That's right. Corey Who, who's is crazy uh, and who's stupid. Ah, uh, dude, you, I'm stupid. Um, you means you're crazy. I'm crazy. <laughs> uh, Corey's sitting this one out. Um, if you listen to part one of crazy stupid love you'll remember um when Corey and i thought that new york city was being bombed um we actually found out it was kevin we we locked him out of his house and he had to get in so he was up on the roof doing some like fire escape to the roof to kitchen window uh stuff and uh and scared the shit out of and us and then i have i have the instagram of me being like they're recording the other oh, dude, it was so scary and uh <clears throat> that would have been awesome um, if I was a thief, but now it's just, now it's just Kevin and I, uh, and so settle in. It's going to be different flavors. These, these episodes are, are good. Cause they're just like, Ooh, things are a little crazy. Ooh, things are subdued. Yeah. It's going to be, it's always going to be salmon, but it's like, is it blackened or yeah. is it lemon? Cajun? Cajun. Fried. Fried. Is there fried salmon? No, that's not a seafood you want to fry. Yeah, I think, I think you could. I think people just don't cause they think of it as like healthy. Uh, yeah, Maybe you could fry salmon. They fry other vegetables, right? They deep fry, they deep fry everything. If you go to the Minnesota state fair, they like deep fry Twinkies and shit like that. I have a question for you since I wasn't at the first episode. Uh-huh. Yeah. Of crazy, stupid love. Yeah. What, uh, what, what went behind? Someone recommended it on, on the Patreon, yeah. but besides that, what, uh, you know, we were scrolling Netflix and someone had, we had just mentioned like, Oh, we should, some, someone wants us to do crazy, stupid love. And we saw it. We saw, we saw those pretty uh, eyes of Gosling's and we just couldn't say no. That, which reminds me, we have to do a notebook sometime. Absolutely. Um, I will say I've had some time to think about the first act of crazy, stupid love. Okay. Out of all of the movies we've seen so far, this is my favorite first act. Wow. I'm just like, I'm really invested into this movie. Wow. Yeah. It's That's got, pretty crazy. It's got the ROMs. It's got the comms. It's, I'm just really eager to see what happens in this one. And so I'm, I'm pumped about it. This, um, this guy who, who wrote it, mm-hmm. he's got quite a career. Talk us through it. What's the, who, who is the guy that wrote it? Dan Fogelman. Classic Fogelman. I mean, He's written some of the biggest, uh, biggest movies in, um, in history. Mm-hmm. Gone with the wind. He wrote Gone it. With the wind. He wrote Avatar, it. Avatar. He wrote it. Uh, Titanic. He wrote it. So this, he, before all of the crazy, um, Marvel budgets. Okay. He wrote the most expensive film of all time before budgets went normal to have a normal $400 million movie or whatever. And I bet you, you won't be able to guess what it is. First of all, he wrote cars. Oh, then he wrote bolt. They were like, if you can write, if you can write cars, you can write. What's bolt. Is that like a, it's like a, it's an animated Disney animated movie. Hmm. Um, all right. So that, that just made So he's like making, he's doing, he's writing Pixar movies, movies that are making, he wrote Fred Claus. Okay. Which is Vince Vaughn, Paul Giamatti. Okay. $100 million movie. 
it made $97 million. Ooh, that's that's an L right there. Then he writes Cars 2. Uh-huh. Okay. And then the movie before Cars 2 is the most expensive film prior to, prior to uh, I'm sure, a bunch of surpassed it now. Man, what is it? Is it a, is it an um like a Pixar movie? It is an animated movie. Animated movie? Uh, I don't know. What is it? Tangled. Oh, I didn't know that. Rap- the Rapunzel movie? I did not know that. Yeah. I heard about it and I don't know why. It was just I guess they rewrote it a bunch. So that's just like all of his movies are 100 million dollar Yeah. movies and then Crazy Stupid Love. So I guess you get enough cred and then you can be like, "All right. I'm going to get out there and I'm going to I'm going to make, this must've been his like passion project or like this, like, let me write like a real story, not a real story. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not about lightning McQueen, um, and, and the junk, the junk truck. Yeah. Doing laps on the speedway. And he's doing it. The next movie he's doing is the, he wrote the next Indiana Jones movie. Oh, Indy five. Yeah. I wonder if that'll be any good. Yeah. It's just kind of crazy to, because this movie is clearly there's something in it that it's like, it's not action. It's not fantasy. It's like yeah. a very human story. Corey and I spent a lot of time because as you know, the Ryan Gosling character is like the 2011 ladies man. He's like wearing the three piece gray suit. Like mm-hmm. he's got like, Corey brought up like the metrosexual thing on lockdown. It's like, oh yeah, we, we spend a lot, long time talking like, what is that archetype now? Mm. And who would play that character? And I still don't have a great answer to that. And so I'd be really curious to see if any of the listeners like could could offer a suggestion of yeah, who that person would be. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's so easy to make fun. Like clearly, no matter how you're dressed, if you're Ryan Gosling, you're going to be a ladies' man. Yeah. Um, if there is, because I guess you wouldn't get made fun of. I, his character is not going to be made fun of as a ladies man, but I feel like, so I don't know what, what that would be now. Definitely. If you were too primped and wearing a suit, I feel Mm. like that would not stand out as cool anymore. Yeah. Or is that just because we're, (laughs) we live in Brooklyn. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. People are listening to be like, shave your fucking loser beards. Yeah. We still stop. We still in, in our neighborhood, we still shop at structure. Yeah. (laughs) We go to Applebee's. We're going to structure first. I go to structure. There's one. It's not expressed for men. Still structure. <laughs> um, Did you know I went hard on some structure belts when I was in college? Dude, I have the same belt since eighth grade. What? Yeah. And I've had to put in, I've had to put in a few. I'll show, I'll show it to you. You're wearing it right now? No, I'll, I have it in the room, but I'll show what it What are you going to do when you lose that belt? I've, I've been so nervous at times, but it's, it's just a... Uh, it's not a structure belt, but it's like from one of those places like yeah. Aeropostale or something. Oh, and it's still, my gosh. Yeah. Good for you for being the same size since eighth grade too. Now I've had to put in some notches. <laughs> I've had to actually, I've gotten skinnier. That's awesome. Well, not since eighth grade. I think I used to wear like big baggy pants cause I was into rap. <laughs> um, how mu- I need to know some statistics about this movie though. Um, it came out in 2011. How, what was the budget? How much did it make? How do you, how do you be a ladies man? Wear a suit. I have this. Hi, can I buy you a drink? I have the same belt since I was in eighth grade. Dude, that's like Cal. That's Steve Carell's character right there. <laughs> you know, he's rocking that old, that old belt. It's still, they used to make them with better leather. That's crazy. Cause that you, you don't wash a belt. No. So that belt is like, has like, it's, it's just soaked up waistband sweat for like 25 <laughs> years just there's my dna is in that belt oh man that's a beautiful thing all right so you want to know the budge on this yeah, hit me with some facts all right they don't make these movies anymore i don't know what the budget is that they don't make but they they don't make movies for i forget what the number is but matt damon was like they don't make the 40 million dollar movie anymore which is like make it for 40 make 80 yeah. This is a $50 million movie. They probably gave him an extra 10 because they're like, come on, we saw what you did with, mm-hmm. with Tangled. Yeah. Uh, and then how much do you think this movie made? I'm so bad at that. I, I want to say like 150 mil. 142.7. Not Ooh, bad. Not bad. Close. That is such a good ROI. 
Yeah. How do I get it? Do they crowdfund, crowdsource fund or source making major motion pictures? They probably, I don't know why they would because the studios can just foot the bill and yeah. take all the profits. They don't, there have been some people that have like kickstarted a movie. Really? Did they yeah. do well? I wonder. And then, and then did those people get a dividend? Um, I don't know. Or did they just kickstart it and give, give the money and be like, cool, here, here you go. Well, no, I think it's like, I think it's, <laughs> bless you. You're I don't crazy. think it's a dividend. I think they find other like incentives. Well, you get like a fucking Wally coffee cup. Par- Pariah is a, let's see, let's see what Pariah was. Pariah was, a, was, um, you get a poster signed by the director. Okay. There's a whole, the movie, the square, uh, one Sundance or one can, and that was crowdfunded. I'll have huh. to look through more of this and see. But, you, See but how that no one worked. set up like no one set up the business model where you fund a movie that you believe in, and then as an investment, you get a return on your your investment. I don't think. I think the interesting thing about um, Kickstarter is like people have. I mean, it's almost like they're patron. Like it's similar to Patreon. Yeah. Since films are like one off, it's like it feels a little different, but. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's the case because hmm. movies are just smaller and smaller now, you know? Yeah. Um, but wait, movies are smaller now. Yeah. I thought they're b- way bigger budgets. Both. So that's just like the, Oh, they got rid of the middle class. They got rid of the middle class. That's true. <laughs> they got rid of the middle class movie. Dude. They got rid of crazy, stupid loves. We need to bring back the middle class movie. Who's going to watch it? How are you going to make money? Cause they, yeah, know. it's like this, all these, that's what's funny. Like all these, we're going to distribute movies. it primarily through family video and blockbuster. Dude, a straight to video, like Ernest, <laughs> Ernest goes to blockbuster. Hell yeah. Ernest had that figured out, man. E- Jim Varney. I loved that. Rub, the original rubber face. All right. Uh, this won a teen go, choice award. We are going to go watch the second part of crazy, stupid love. We the we stopped right after Steve Carell and Ryan Gosling are in the gym, um, and it's about the forty minute mark. Let's watch some movie, and we will be back to talk about it. Katie, hit us with that real quick though. What? As we watch the second act, just realize you're watching a movie that won the award by Casting Society of America for outstanding achievement in casting for a big budget comedy feature. <laughs> man wild we're watching that tonight right now crazy stupid love directed by john requa and glenn facara cal weaver played by steve carell is living the american dream he has a good job a beautiful house great children and a beautiful wife named emily played by julianne moore Cal's seemingly perfect life unravels, however, when he learns that Emily has been unfaithful and wants a divorce. Over 40 and suddenly single, Cal is adrift in the fickle world of dating. Enter Jacob Palmer, played by Ryan Gosling, a self-styled player who takes Cal under his wing and teaches him how to be a hit with the ladies. And now... Back to the boys. We are the real Brady, Brady Bros. Brady Brothers from the TV show Brady Bunch. I'm Barry Williams. And I'm Christopher Knight. I played Greg. And uh, who were you again? I played Peter. We've decided that we're going to do a podcast around episodes of the Brady Bunch. We're going to use it as a prism to look back to our experience doing the show and why the Brady Bunch is still popular. Have a sunshine day. We are the real Brady Bros. Welcome back. Crazy. Stupid. Dude. When that teacher showed up. <laughs> Man. That was, oh, that was perfect. There's some good, uh, there's some good laughs and there's some good good yeep that's see that's that's what Corey and i talked about this this movie chock full of roms chock full of comms dude well you know what's also interesting is that like 
it's weird. All the movies we've watched have been pretty good, but it's like the stakes in, let's say like you've got mail mm-hmm. are only ever going to be so high. Yeah. And then when you think about like where we cut our teeth, mm. we cut our teeth right here. With the girls. With the girls. Capote. And in that world, like, sure, like things happen, but this is kind of more in line with the storylines of a season of sex and city. Then dude, this feels like a TV show. Yeah. Cause there's just a lot of active. Yeah. Like things going on. And there's like real, I guess like there's like real plot twists that are like emotional, not ju- And it's all very funny. Yeah. You know, even when it's dramatic, it's like, okay, someone didn't get hit by a car. Yeah. But it is like, ah, yeah. Let's do a quick recap. Um, right. Steve Carell's character just starts freaking laying pipe. <laughs> I don't know if that was a yeah that was great um he he starts just be becoming a regular ladies man yeah he's meeting all these women he he meets one in particular uh and he drops the line you're a perfect combination between sexy and cute great um, which great line really funny scene gets her home has has a wild wild night of, of romp of romping um, and, uh, the, the son confesses his love to the, um, the babysitter. Yep. The babysitter is like, you got to knock this shit off. And she talks to the school, um, know it all. What would you, what do you want? I don't want to use the word slut. Um, cause I, that's, well, that's she's not, but she's because like, she's not just the school slut. She's like the school, like she knows how to get older men. But the first thing she like, she's like, how do you get older men? She's like, I have huge, I have huge tits. I have huge tits that. Yeah. She's like the, which was really funny, but uh, she's just like the, she's, she's the, oh, I can't think of the word. She's like, she's like the dick mentor. She's like, (laughs) you know, she's just like, she's dick mentor. Yeah. Hi, I'm dick mentor. Hello, dick mentor, dick mentor, LLC. If you are looking for an older man's penis, I'm going to help you get it. My name's Dick Mentor. And I yes, huge tits. I, I am I get huge tits. And I'm a 17-year-old girl in high school. And my lips are seals. Or, 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 or. or. My lips are seals. Or, or, or. If I'm not Dick Mentor. <laughs> are you looking to get Dick? Come on down to Dick Mentors. We'll te- they love it. Welcome to Dick Mentors. <laughs> Hi, Dick Mentor. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so she's Dick Mentor. Yeah, she is definitely Dick Mentor. Um, and uh, so the, the babysitter's like, I need to get some of that Corral action. Um, and Corral and um, Julian Moore then go to their son's um, parent-teacher conference. And you find out, great scene, that the teacher is the first woman that Steve Carell uh, brought home and like there's this really great scene between Julianne Moore and Steve Carell where they're like crying they miss each other and then the door opens and the teacher walks out and she crushes that scene and she's like all right I'm ready for you and then Steve Carell's like all right hey, ah, ah. chases him out of the parking lot and Steve Carell has like a you know a, a moment of honesty with Julianne Moore he's like I've when before you you cheated on me you were the only woman i slept with i've now slept with nine and julian moore gets really pissed and kind of drives away nine nine and then marissa tomei comes out and says he said you're the perfect combination of of cute and sexy and and very funny yeah and then you just see julian moore just just because that's what he said to her when they first met and she just says you said that to her and it's like dang man um and then the last thing that we just watched that happens is Emma Stone goes to like Oh Charlie's or TGI Fridays with her her boyfriend who think Groban who she thinks is going to propose. He asks her to be part of the law firm, and he's like, "I'm just not ready for that right now." So Emma Stone goes, finds Gosling, and is like, "You're going to take me home and treat me like one of your one of your girls." Yeah. And they end up just really having this like really fun, silly, meaningful night. Um, in which Gosling ends up talking about some personal stuff and Emma Stone tucks him in. And that's where we left off. So much to unpack. Um, first of all, personal anecdote. 
I, I have a good friend that worked with Julian Moore and said she is like the greatest human being, wow. not just like the greatest human being for an actor. He was like, he spent a couple months with her and was like, she is like legitimately the best person. Wow. So cool. A little Julian Moore tidbit for you. Um, I, oh. I heard she's a fantastic person. Well, and, as a fellow ginger, yeah, I have to say thank you. Thank you, Ginger. Thank you for um, keeping, for, you know, just getting more good vibes out there for other Gingers. Um, yeah, she's she's awesome in everything she does. She's a great actress. Yeah, she is. Um, where do you want to start? Let's start with the little kid, the son. The son. Yeah, that's it's like a really good... I mean, he's only been in the movie for like three minutes. Yeah. But you see him shouldering the weight of the divorce. And all of us on this podcast, uh, you, Corey, and myself, are very lucky that we come from families that are still together. We have great couples. We have great parents. We know your dad's got a monstrous battleship penis. Uh, but um, man, it's like, it's really like for those of you that haven't heard that episode that was that was my mom we called my mom on the pad podcast on the patreon right on the yeah. patreon and she she we said in sex and city trey says his penis is like a schooner yeah. or something and she was like and she she said no your father doesn't need to worry about that he's got a battleship <laughs> <laughs> that's that's old barb doyle not that this one the, the, U, the uss doyle the, <laughs> the uss doyle oh, oh, get ready. um lift up the bridge yeah um so uh, i think it's really interesting because you're watching that the son cope with the divorce that's happening mm -hmm. with his parents it's really pulling on his heartstrings when he's like you know talking to his dad he's like you abandoned her you see him acting up in school but you also see him like helplessly and hopelessly in love with his babysitter. Yeah. And that's like a really, I don't know. It's like a really interesting character. Um, and it's youthful and playful and fun and definitely something I've never seen in romantic comedy before. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of like, um, it kind of reminds me of like love actually a little bit like the little Liam Neeson kid. Yeah. We'll, we'll do that at Christmas probably, but the the one kid is like in love with another girl. I think the twist is like it ends up being an older girl. Yeah. But um it's kind of like a it's interesting. It's like a minor story, but it's it is played well. Yeah. Um because I mean he's really going for, he's doing that thing that 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 you do. Like he's the only person that can give his dad that advice because he's like he's it, an interesting dynamic is like, I don't know if, does he, does he know that it, she cheated? Yes. So it's like in that world, it's like, all, all right, you've experienced as a, as a child, it's like, so that happened. Like you love her, go get her. Yeah. And then if you get a, advice from like your adult friends, it would just be like an hour conversation before you have to assess. Like, right. Right. And so there is like a, and they're his parents. So he has that incentive, but yeah, he's like kind of very innocently mm -hmm. not understanding how love in the world really works. And that's also true with how he's pursuing right. his babysitter by, you know, in private, but he's just jerking and saying he loves <laughs> and building scaffoldings, building scaffoldings. Yeah. It's weird. It's like he built, I feel like that would have been like a move you would have done in eighth grade. You would have like built it, built a stage and like been very dramatic about it. Is that how you played your cards back then? No, with girls, I'm a little closer to the vest than that. Even back then? Yeah. I'll tell you my move in eighth grade. You remember Gak? Uh-huh. Dude, I would buy girls Gak. <laughs> <laughs> and then just be like... This is more like fifth grade now that I think about it. Yeah, fifth. that was my fifth grade move, dude. And your second date with Katie. And and it was my wedding present to my wife. <laughs> you know what's good for Gak? Dude, you put your fingers in there, you, you make a good fart? Fingering, fingering sound. <laughs> You're just Ryan Gosling going up to girls at bars, just be like, you, me. <laughs> <laughs> Get some gack out. Dude, I bet Gosling's got a room full of gack, all those yeah. trinkets and toys that he has. Um, no, I I really like that. I really like that kid. Um It was a it was a heartwarming, I mean, it's it's definitely an interesting dynamic, like son 
heartbroken, heartbroken father being comforted by yeah. a heartbroken son, but still hopeful son. Yeah. He's not heartbroken yet. He's like, he's like, there's a way around this. Yeah. He's still good. He's going to get the kiss from her, from the babysitter. You think so? Yes. He's going. I to- don't think so. I think, I think the babysitter is going to kiss Steve Carell and he's going to see, he's going to see it. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. And then they're like all, f- that's like his moment of ultimate despair. Mm. Like, yeah, that's my, that's my prediction. Um, okay. Uh, is ultimate despair. Is that like, you just said that, or is that like a thing you look for? That's like, like right, right before resolution, mm. there's like the, the characters in, in their worst spot, you know, yeah. they've tried every, they've tried everything and failed. Did you read that in something? Yeah, dude, I do. I read about stories. I mean, that's good. <laughs> um, but I, I will say one quick thing about this, just knowing like how proficient this guy is at scre- the act of screenwriting. Yeah. That, and you don't see this. A lot of times you'll see like, okay, people are at a coffee shop or at this, like there's all those. And when you look at like, okay, you knew how to, you just know how to construct movies really well. Yeah. Every single moment has like, it's almost like every scene has like a resolution and, and then an extra twist at the end to like keep you in. Dude. It's very impressive. A hundred percent. This mm-hmm. mo- This movie is so well written so far. Yeah. It's really good. I have a question for you. Yeah. Right before we were booting up the movie, you invited me into a little trust circle that I'm going to air in front of everyone. You're not a big Steve Carell fan. I don't, I, I, he doesn't get me here. I also wasn't a big Jeff Bridges fan for a while. Okay. Besides the big Lebowski. And then I was like, okay, this is the, the proof is in the pudding. I'm not saying that they're not a good actor or there's something in the way that they act that I personally don't find believable, Mm -hmm. but I don't think that my value judgment is correct. Okay. It just like strikes me. But then he hits me like with clearly a moment that other, if who would be another actor, even like, okay, say Michael Keaton, who's a better actor. I would say if can't argue with that, if, if Marissa Tamei opened up and he was like, ah, God, you'd be like, no. Yeah. And that got a huge laugh. And there was like another thing that got a huge laugh. So he just doesn't totally get me. And you were correct in what you said in that I have like a BBC office bias Mm -hmm. because I was so into that. Yeah. But there's just room for both, Kevin. There totally is. And I will say that this, I wonder what Carell did before this, but this seems to be. He had to have done like 40 year old virgin. Yes. Because that the scene where he takes Marissa Tomei home is like 40 year old is every scene from 40 year old virgin. And in this, he's like, I've only had sex with my wife. So it's like, it's almost the same character. Only now he's had sex with one person. There's the scene in 40 year old virgin where he is like with, um, Judd Apatow's wife. I Mm -hmm. forgot her name. Uh, I know who you're talking about. And they're like, she's like driving, listening to Missy Elliott. Yeah. like swerving through. And it's like, it's just that scene. Yeah. Spades. And he plays that scene so well. Yeah. Like, and, and that's why I think it works. Um, but how are you feeling about him in this movie so far? I, I think he's really good. I think that scene of him and Julianne Moore at the, at the parent teacher conferences is just so good. Yeah, it is. I mean this so far, we, we'll get into the specifics of the story, but it just shows you like how complicated I, I remember when like, when we were younger and we didn't know about my parents' friends, now we're older. And it's like, you just hear about family members and this of like, yeah, people, people cheat, people get divorced. Yeah. People leave and then come back five years later. Uh, people, I mean, people die and then have to refall in love when you don't ex- like, yeah. there is something about this movie so far that is just like, you know, some people have it easier and are just like, I found my mate. Right. But I do think that, what a conundrum for both of them to be in and it not be, um, it not just be like good guy, bad guy. Yeah. And especially now that the, now that like that, I just, that reminds me when he like goes at night and like waters the flowers yeah. and like, it's just like, he cares so much about the life they had together. Yeah. Like that he can put 
those things that he values above how he's hurt. Yeah. And like, man, that's probably so, there's probably so many people who have gone through divorce and they're like, I understand that like we can't be together, but like, do you still want me to take out the dot? Like what yeah. like who care about the things they've built together? Yeah. It's just, that's like, I don't know if I've seen that a ton in movies. Yeah. Yeah. Because usually divorce or cheating is like this, like this ultimate break, which I think like you to relate to, you know, I don't think it would necessarily, even you said when Julianne Moore, um, so Steve Carell successfully picks up Marissa Tomei, which is cute. Cause it's like, he first of all messes it up. Mm-hmm. He takes all of Ryan Gosling's advice at the bar <laughs> and it's just like, let her talk. And she's like, what do you do for work? And he lets her talk. And he's like, what do you do? And she's like, are you not going to tell me what you do for work? And he's like, nope. Yeah. And then she's like, I'm a, and it's basically tries nagging her. Yeah. You're boring. Yeah. And it is funny because dude, I've seen that. Like I cannot neg. I don't think it's a good thing to do. I hate it. But, and I can't do it because I'm like, it's, it's rude and mean. Yeah. And, but I've seen, I saw it on Saturday, dude. What happened? I saw, I just saw a guy who was like too drunk and this girl, I fucking was standing next to them and I talked to the guy for like a little bit as I was like ordering a drink and he was drunk and he even was like, let fucking pieces of asses over. It was like, not, not my vibe at all, you know? And I was like, hello. Okay. Ugh. And, uh, and then I saw the, and he was talking kind of like not rudely to them, not like you're ugly, yeah. but you know, like aggressively. Yeah. And then I saw the girl tell her friend, like, she's like, let's go. And she's like, I'm going to stay for him. Oh my God. And then the guy, <laughs> the guy said next to someone else came up to the bar and he like was like kind of close to him. And he just like turned around and gotten like a fight with the guy, not a fight with him, but he was like, back up, dude. You And, and he called him, uh, he's like, you bald asshole. And then he looked at me and the guy like walked away. He looked at me. He's like, you're okay, man. It was just that guy. And I was Thanks, like, dude. so it was just like, there was so much going on and the girl was sitting there waiting. And then he started talking to her again and she got like right back into the conversation with him. And, uh, and I was like, dude, this, when you see that in, in the real world, that it's like some of that advice works. It's like, be a little uh, aggro. Yeah. But it's, it was an Im- it was a young, immature girl. Yeah. So she, you know, so I do think what a cool part of that scene, everyone that's listening, if you've been to a bar, you've seen that work. It's like a dumb guy and a dumb girl and they, they met each other. Congratulations. Yeah. But what's cool is Carell getting that advice. And then the real advice is like, be yourself, even though that might not work all the time. That's what she wanted. Cause she's seen all those guys do that. And she's like, Marissa Tomei gets like so like horned up by it. She was just like, you're being so honest. Yeah. And he's like, my wife left me. She fucked this other guy. Oh my gosh. Like Dave I, Hagen. I cried about it last week. She's like, say more. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and they end up having an authentic, it's a wild night for him, but like for her, I think she was like, yes, this is a wild night with like a good guy. Yeah. Turns out he doesn't call her all this to say, once Carell's sitting there with just him and his wife, mm-hmm. he's fucked 10 girls by this point. Yeah. Marissa Tomei plus nine. He's had the experience in all these like young hot girls. He figured out how to get them. Yeah. And he's just like, I just miss you. Yeah. And I think that not only is that good writing, but I think everyone who has gone on those tears or whatever, yeah. even if it's, even if it's not sexual, even if right. it's just whatever like drinking it or eat overeating, overeating, spending money. Yeah. Yeah. Like you go on the vacation, you're like, Oh my gosh, like I don't get why I don't like go on these like trips more. And then it's like, yeah. And then you're at one point, there's like a really, really, really great, uh, British comedian who I love the British guy, Daniel Kitson. Yeah. And he has this great joke about, um, about going on vacations by yourself. Like he's like, and it's all clipping along perfectly until you have to ask someone else to take your picture by yourself. <laughs> and it's like a whole five minute bit about loneliness. Yeah. And he's like, cause you go on it to get over the girl. Fucker, you're going to be fine. And then, uh, and this, that's what his, uh, little tear of hookups is, mm-hmm. is like, this is how you, you do it. And to be honest, 
you kind of do need those things too. You do need the vacation. Sometimes I wouldn't say like, you know, going to a bar and banging 10 girls yeah. at the same restaurant. Sometimes you need the white Jeep. What's the white Jeep? I told a story in the first episode okay. about one of my college roommates who got a divorce and he's just like, I'm going to a white beach. I'm, get, I'm getting a white Jeep and I'm going to the beach. And just like three weeks later, he was like surfing on the beach. And I'm like, how are you doing? He's like, pretty good, actually. <laughs> um, like he was good? Yeah. He's yeah. just like his wife left him and he just like bought a Jeep and went and hung out to the beach. Well, it's <laughs> not. Surfing. There are better and healthier things to do because that's a good thing. You're getting in touch with with something to get better at and something greater than yourself. Yeah. It's almost like, I mean, I I don't know if my advice would be to like go on a few dates with someone yeah. not because everybody that has like, how did you, how did you bounce back from your engagement? Um, that's like, that's a J uh, it's not, well, this is, this is what I happened. 40 years of marriage. And then I've talked about years. it a bunch on the pod. I talk about it every once in a while, but please go to Amazon prime, <laughs> watch the 30 year old virgin. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a, my first comedy special and I'm really proud of it, but I talk about this in, in it, which I, you, and you know, from the end, I was just talking to a friend about this, but we broke up our engagement. And then afterwards I started hanging out with as many people as possible all the time, Yeah, which makes you stay up way later, mm -hmm. was drinking too much. I don't remember. That's where our friendship was forged though. Yeah. Yeah. Late nights. Yeah. I don't think, I think friendship took the place of, of sex. Like, I think I hooked up with a few girls, but it yeah. was more like, um, but then I did, um, hook up with like a few people. And then the final story, I basically get something that, you know, watch the end of the show, but I, uh, had like my eczema was really bad, mm -hmm. which is caused by stress. And my, um, and like, I wasn't sleeping well and I was all, all of this stuff that when I finally like went to it and I got an ear infection and I went to the doctor and it was my, what's the low point what, that you said earlier? Like moment of despair. My moment of despair. This, I'm not going to, I want you guys to go watch it, but I ended up getting shingles <laughs> like all over my penis <laughs> and it's like been checked out like multiple times cause I didn't believe it, but it was like. 100% not an STD. So I lost my virginity and thought like I gave myself an STD and really it's, it, it's from stress. Like shingles is caused by stress yeah. and, and it made total it's just good old fashioned chicken pox, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's the chicken pox virus and still in your spine. But that was like all of my coping stuff was needed. I became friends with you and mm -hmm. Ben Fuquay and like Corey and I hung out way more and I started doing a lot of the things I wanted to do. But that was after like a two year period of like not assessing things. Yeah. It was like, and that's what Steve Carell, they fast forwarded to here is you get to that point where you're like, what am I going to do? Like go out to another bar till two. Yeah. Because it, it ends with him calling Ryan Gosling's character and like Steve Carell's kind of alone at the bar. Yeah. And he's just like exhausted that scene already. Yeah. He's like no longer able to get fulfillment from it from it. And the reason that Ryan Gosling's not answering is because of his night of hangs with Emma Stone. Mm -hmm. And man, say what you will about Gosling and Stone. And I know you'll say a lot of things. Those two have some crazy chemistry. Chemistry. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. She is, I would say that um, though she's not my normal type, she is, I would classify as one of the perfect uh combinations of sexy and cute mm, she's yeah. that same type of vibe that it's like you're really cute but then you're like no you're a hollywood actress you're, yeah you're you're not just cute you're right stunning but she has like a cute a, she tricks you into thinking she has a cute vibe yeah she she's like the 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 the, the woman who like you're like if i if i knew her i think we'd have a like a chance yeah, you know, I yeah. think we'd be friends. And it's like, mm -hmm. who said that? Someone said that about someone. It was like a famous like Hollywood actor said like, oh no, it's in a movie. I think it's in Neighbors or something. Um, Is it about it, Emma Stone? A, no, it's a Seth Rogen movie. And they say about George Clooney, they're like, I feel like if I met George Clooney, yeah. like we'd be friends. Yeah. Like he'd want to be friends with me. And I'm like, dude, everybody thinks that about yeah. certain people. Yeah. And I'm sure the stripper wants to bang you too. Yeah. Um, but that, that scene just felt so authentic and 
they're like laughter laying in bed and they're like, you know, like him, Emma Stone, like making fun of the things that he wears as armor to protect himself. Yeah. Yeah. Is like a really endearing scene. I I just really liked it. And like, you saw him let down his guard a little bit and like make fun of the massage chair, make fun of his buying habits, make fun of like how cheesy it is that he does the, um, the dirty dancing finishing move. Um, which by the way, I love that they're referencing a movie club movie in a movie club movie. Yeah. We'll do, we'll do dirty D. I've never seen dirty dancing. I mean, I obviously know the last scene, but I've never seen it. Really? No, we got to try to do the move. (laughs) Now one, that is one interesting thing. Cause it's like, of course you want to be Ryan Gosling. I mean, look at him. His six pack in this is insane. Dude, it's nuts. Um, and then, uh, yeah, he takes his clothes off and she's like, Jesus, what the heck? And then, and then he, he's like, will you take your dress off? She's like, is there a better lighting? Yeah. <laughs> Can we dim this? Not with that. Um, but it is funny. The thought of like, oh my gosh, how cool would it be to just be able to bang all of the hottest <laughs> girls at any bar? And then for him to just be like, these are the moves they work every time. Yeah. It's, it's literally, we're, it's just science at this point. Yeah. You do this and like, um, how cool it is to be excited about a girl, mm-hmm. be excited about a person that's like not doing the same old thing. Yeah. I mean, just flipping the script for him has to be so exciting. I don't, I don't mean to air dirty laundry here, but like you and Katie early on, like she was probably more open to like having you come over or something and yeah. you yeah, I started it to say the cab thing and I realized I had to throw Katie under the bus for this. No, but she, she was more open to you, like coming back to her place. And yeah. then instead you like got her a cab and then she thought she had to pay for the cab and it was like already taken care of. Yeah. And you think about those moments that it's like, that doesn't surprise me because you know, it can be really fun to go home with girls mm-hmm. or guys that are really nice when you're like, you know, but, uh, there's things like that, that it's like when someone catches you off guard, you're like, what the Dude, fuck? Do you think Katie would have like, um, been like jump and just like dirty dancing lifted me in the air? <laughs> <laughs> you just went home to hang out there. And then the She's second like, she lifted like you, it works every time. I'm like, first of all, I've never seen that movie. Second of all, I weigh three times what you weigh. You, what is your upper body workout? I have to do this. Third, like you are, you are a specimen. Yeah. She's just amazing. She's just jacked. Yeah. Then she just pulls up her shirt, just like massive six pack. Like, holy shit. Is there a dimmer light in here? But I I do think like those moments where not even just being gentlemanly, but anytime like you date enough people and then or you're around enough of the opposite sex and you're just like, yeah, I don't think I get surprised by someone anymore. Yeah. And then something like that happens. You're like, what's different about this person? That's like the beginning of I think any. Yeah. I mean, it's the law of diminishing utility. Like Mm. if you do, if you do the same thing, like no matter how great it is, no matter how much joy or hedonistic pleasure you get from it, if you do the same thing over and over again, it's going to diminish and it's eventually going to disappear. And I mean, that's just economics. Dude. (laughs) There are so many people just now that just thought about their life and went and signed up for, just signed up for deleted Tinder and signed up for (laughs) match.com. I mean, it's, that's, what's crazy about, about love and dating and the law of diminishing utility, because that's the reason why people want love rather than sex in a lot of things is because that's known to be a thing that yeah. like, no matter We've if talked about this a, a million times, like Corey calls it churning the butter or churning the oatmeal or stirring the oatmeal or whatever. That's what Corey calls hooking up with the girls. And you just <laughs> churning and the all, butter. All of it is just churning, just butter, churning the butter. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, but not, with that, that it's like finding someone that you want to turn the butter with. But even like, what's crazy is like, sometimes people fall in love because they're forced to do, I mean, even the end of the Ryan Gosling, uh, scene, she's like, let's have like, and then let's sleep together. But they don't. Well, he, he's like, ask me something personal about myself. Mm -hmm. Cause it's like, it's obvious he's never shared anything. Yeah. 
personal. He he goes to the bar, he gets a girl, he brings him home, he does the dirty dancing. Yeah. They have sex and then they leave and he's alone with home shopping. And so it's like this opportunity to like really be vulnerable. Yeah. Is completely new to him. Yeah. It probably feels incredibly better and fun. It feels better than calming. <laughs> You seen Pumping Iron with Arnold Schwarzenegger? I absolutely have. I own a copy of it, even yes. though he tried to buy them all when he ran for governor. Yeah, it's like having sex with a woman and coming. He says that's but Arnold Schwarzenegger. That says that's what the pump is like when your blood it's rushes. It's not the muscle. pump. It's the pump. The pump. Yeah, it's the. It's like coming. And so for Ryan Gosling, imagine me bozing on stage. It's like I'm coming day and night. coming day and night in front of everyone. And, it's it's great. It's wonderful. And Ryan Gosling is just like, man, the second. I've been coming a lot. And now, do you know what? Being vulnerable and opening up personally is like coming. Talking to you about my mom being a beautiful, cold woman. It's like coming. And then she, he said the dad is like a little too nice. His dad his dad passed away. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just don't know. I mean, I don't, I'm very curious how, I have an idea how the Corral storyline is going to end up. He's going to end up with his wife again. He's going to go back to get her and she's going to be fully like with bacon. And that's going to be like his moment of like, like his lowest point. The babysitter is going to see the son's going to see the babysitter kissing crow. I, I just don't know what's going to happen with, with Gosling. Like maybe Gosling falls in love with Emma stone and then Emma goes back to her boyfriend. I don't know. There's just, there's no way they all end up happy because the movies, I feel like too, I've heard too many good things about it that it's like, I think Roger Ebert gave it four stars. So it's like, what? Yeah. So I, I don't think that doesn't tell me anything. People can end up happy, but it's like, okay, you're not going to have all the parties aren't going to get what they need in a neat way. Yeah. Um, it's crazy, dude. But the fact that we're even wondering about it is interesting. Yeah. I do wonder if, uh, well, also one thing that it's like, you could do this all the day. That's like, that doesn't hold up, but it is funny. That's just a normal thing that these high school girls are like, yeah, we bang these older guys and yeah. how do we do it? And which, you know, I just, I can't believe that. You can't believe what? That there's a high school girl that, that bangs older guys or. I just don't know where you like. Have you seen like. <laughs> Like garbage community school kids who like go to high school parties. That's it has to be happening still. Yeah, I guess that was like, that was like my, I wasn't hanging out with that crew. That was my hometown, dude. I mean, I guess there was always like 16 year olds that were like, you yeah, have a boyfriend in college, but then I'm like, that's exactly what that's it is. True. Yeah. It's yeah. fucking crazy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, she, she's going for like the real old she's one, going, yeah. but her friend, the Dick Lender, Dick Mender, whatever. Dick Mentor. Dick Mentor. <laughs> Dick Lender. Hi, I'm Dick Mentor. And welcome to my love podcast. And don't forget, I'm also a 17 year old girl. I just have this voice. I'm Dick Mentor and I approve of this message. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I, yeah, I was going to say something. We got sidetracked, but I, I think. You know, she, she's that character, the dick mentor is the one who's hooking up with like college kids. Yeah. It's a shock when the babysitter wants to go after a parent age person. Yeah. But I mean, that stuff's gotta be happening still. Yeah. I've, Holy of shit, course man. it is. If I had a daughter who was like 16 and I found out she had a college bar, I would be, I'd be very upset. Well, I mean, I'm just like, it's hard to find anything to like relate with, I mean, obviously guys go for younger girls cause they're like, cause they're like young and hot and impressionable, mm -hmm. you know? Well, and girls go for older guys because they're generally more successful, yeah. more mature than, you know, their video game sunflower seed eating. Just from like the Ryan Gosling point, like him, when he's talking about game, like I get, I get off on a date or in life of like having really honest conversation that can be flirtatious. It doesn't have to be like, my mom died, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. cause she didn't, she's alive. She beat cancer. She did. Um, but no, like, so it's hard to, in order to do that, it's hard when, when, if somebody was like 19, I don't know the last time I talked to a 19 year old, 
but it'd be hard to just be like, you know, there was a show before Fuller House, <laughs> you know, like at the, <laughs> no, that's like a reboot. You know, like, we didn't have cell phones in high school. Yeah. What? They didn't. Just like on, on your iPhone showing her like the razor. Yeah. And Dude, like razor, explaining yeah. T9. Like, I, I don't know, like at a certain point I'd be like, what like the similarities between you and I are the same differences between me and my grandfather who was in World War II. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like at some point we're two different people. Yeah. So that's where um that that's where it's just interesting. It would be it would be interesting. I so I wonder with the babysitter if they'll go into it all why. No, I think she's just going to be like yeah. super periphery, which I'm fine with because it could, or even because he's a good writer, even in like one scene of yeah. just being like, cause all the boys in my high school are dumb. And like, I've always, cause I do wonder if there's a thing that she's attracted to him because he does love his wife or yeah. because he is a good father or, yeah. well, she says in the first, in the first, like the opening scene in the movie, she's like, if like, if your wife doesn't see how great of a guy you mm. are in part of my language. She's batshit crazy. Yeah. 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 And he, so, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm really, it's those, you know, and you've got mail. We have like Chappelle as the side character yeah, and like the, the bookstore owner or like the, the bookstore worker, Steve Zahn's character. Steve Zahn. And it's like, they don't add anything to the story other than like a joke here and there with the main character. Mm-hmm. And I just love these side storylines like what are other there has to be other romantic comedies you mentioned one about like a little kid and and love actually is just like nine storylines yeah have you seen it no so like really i'm 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 in i think i feel like i found my like my uh genre of romantic comedies that i really like you know lots of storylines lots of lots of meaning love love actually we should do a i'm in I mean, I know that this sounds over the top, but we should do like eight half hour episodes of it because Dude, each one go. has its own story and that let's could be our Christmas, Christmas Patreon episode. That'd be awesome. Um, Thank you all. We're going to finish this. I, so far, I think this is maybe the best, best script we've watched. Yeah, for sure. It's my favorite. This and pretty, pretty women are so, so far my favorite, but thank you so much for being patrons. We couldn't do this shit without you. Um, we love you. I love you more. You you patrons are, um, I want to write a scarlet P on my chest. Yeah. I want Kevin to pee on my chest. And this is on Netflix. Watch it before June 30th. Yeah. If this episode is out before then. Uh, also, uh, yeah. It, write in the comments of this episode if you want us to do eight 30-minute... <laughs> It'll be like the tw- the eight storylines of Christmas for love, actually, because that would just be basically. So sick. We'll we'll do that if that sounds like a good idea, because there's so much to unpack there. Okay, bye. Love you. The Bradshaw Boys stars Corey Cabin, Kevin James Doyle, and John Sieber. The show is produced by me, Jeremy Balin, and narrated by Katie Sieber. This podcast is part of the Seltzer Kings Network. Check out all their great podcasts at seltzerkings.com. You can find the boys on their socials at The Bradshaw Boys or on their website at TheBradshawBoys.com. And as always, if you see them in the street, tip your glass. Thanks for listening.